Welcome to the Wild Food and Drink podcast. I'm Dave Williams, the work experience guy. I know nothing about foraging, but I want to find out. So, I'm here as a beginner asking Andy Hamilton the questions I need to get started. Andy, how, is it, how easy is it to kill yourself? That was so natural, Dave. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, so Dave sits downstairs with me in the office that I rent and where I, I write everything about forage. Anyway, how easy to kill myself? Good question. I'm glad you asked me that, Dave, and thought of it all by yourself. <laughs> well, it's, it's really easy. I mean, there's, there's lots of plants around that you can kill yourself on. And uh, it's a question of knowing. I mean, like, for instance, this time of year, there's some yew trees just down there a bit. You can eat the outside flesh of the berry, but you can't eat the pip. I think we covered this in a wild food and drink podcast a month or two ago. So you, if you eat, like, I think five or six can kill a human so they're berries that grow just down there that I could eat and I could die from there's some ivy berries just in front of us I'm pretty sure that they I can't remember if they kill you but they certainly make you ill in fact there's some just there even closer I think learning like hemlock learning that ivy berries kill you learning that laurel berries aren't good for you and learning some of the poisonous plants is a good way in Um, and I remember teaching an 8 year old I did a course and there was some 8 year old boys on it and one of the 8 year olds came back at the end of the course and said i've made a salad it's a death salad and it just got loads of like all the all the foods that i taught them that were poisonous together and i saw wow it's <laughs> <That was> brilliant <laughs> but then when you i mean it, it's hard to sort of say you can easily put off a beginner i think by saying these are the foods that will kill you and and like so when you you have to be careful when you're harvesting wild garlic for instance because you can pull up a plant called lords and ladies which will burn the inside of your mouth and choke you to death so that fact alone could be enough to make how do you feel about that Dave like what does that make you think funnily enough when we were here um just the other day my friend was picking um the berries from a yew tree and saying they're perfectly fine just don't eat the the nut or the seed right I did not want to eat that just for that (laughs) fact alone but he assured me that they taste just like a sweet (laughs) I'm not gonna no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so why not start with something like a dandelion leaf like you know what that looks like right i know what a dandelion looks like yeah so start with the dandelion leaf and they're very bitter but if you cook them cook with them that gets rid of that bitterness you can just add them start adding them to food and you won't notice that bitterness because you're you're cooking with it so that that can be just something that then suddenly ramps up your calcium make creates great bone density helps your gut biome all of these things that just just is really good for you and i think that's what foraging one of the things that foraging should be about it should be huge health boost as well as just fun i'd be dubious about dandelions particularly ones that are on the ground there's a huge wouldn't you go for something that's out of the dog piss range like so where we're standing now is away from where people generally take their dogs you, you it goes back to knowing your area i think knowing your area is really useful so you, you've got to know whether heavy industry has existed there before so to make sure there isn't like lead in the ground so we're in the graveyard i don't forage food around graves from uh sort of victorian era because i know that they had lead line coffins so i'll try and stick clear of those yeah dogs is a funny one you can get i can't remember what it's called toxo whatever it is like it's more the shit you've got to watch out that for it's dog poo and then i've got to say it's more the poo because <laughs> <laughs> apple don't like it it's more the poo um that you've got to watch out for because of the worm that can turn you blind so um cooking it you're washing it you want to look out to see if the leaves are scorched you want to make sure it's away from where you know dogs go uh, i mean the 
park adjacent to this graveyard is full of dogs all the time and I tend to give that a wide berth because because of that reason um, I mean dog wee dogs tend to wee in the same spot as well most bloke dogs do women dogs seem to just go anywhere but look out for scorched leaves is a is sort of main thing really do I need to know anything about botany or have we covered this it does help to know the plant families but this is sort of more advanced so I suppose for first time forager I'd say no not necessarily but it is good to know like the mint family you know they're, they're pretty fine the mint family is all right to to pick nothing there's really going to jump out and kill you and they have square stems so that's one thing to look out for so that helps you know that helps uh, the carrot family st- plants that look like parsley or um, celery some of those can kill you so be aware of that family so look into plant families and learn a few plant families that no i don't think you do need to know much about botany celery can kill you no celery can't kill you, but but plants within that oh, right. <laughs> celery family can kill you yeah fair enough <laughs> well, I'm saying that, are there, are there any plants that you definitely can't bear? I mean, we all know hemlock, but I haven't got a clue what it looks like. You know what the tops of carrots look like? Yeah. Hemlock looks a bit like that, kind That's of. encouraging. It's that family. Like. <laughs> well, saying that, what plants do you recommend to get started with? Would you recommend going, like, pointing out the ones like hemlock? Say, definitely, definitely avoid this. And then you can have the fun afterwards. Like, is it like the... Like, you know, the boring bit where you go into a training thing, it's like, right, we've got to give you, like, the, the lowdown on this health and safety first. I, I think so. And I think that the, there's the adage of there are old foragers and bold foragers, but there are no old, bold foragers. That's like a nice little rhyme to remember. And basically that just means, unless you're 100% certain, don't eat it. You know, I, I feel like I say this every time I teach someone something, be 100% certain, be 100% certain. And then sometimes I forget myself, so... I, I shouldn't should I admit this but I saw a plant and I thought that looks like a variant of wormwood that looks brilliant and I was totally wrong and it was totally poisonous in fact it was it was um was it monkshood or something but it was something that was deadly you know I was kind of looking at it thinking oh, am I making that fit am I trying that I wanted to find wormwood so I wanted it to fit and I kind of knew I was wrong so I didn't eat it but there was a little bit of me going, go on, try it, try it, try it. Like, <laughs> you've got to turn that off. You got, you can't, if a plant, if you're not sure and you're trying to make it fit and you're saying, oh, I found, like I get emails of people with all sorts of berries that they, I'm sure they know aren't slows. And they say, is this, are these slows? Can you identify these slows for me? And there'll be ivy berries or there'll be laurel berries, which will make you ill. And it's like, no, no, has it got a pip inside? Is it, has it got a plum pip inside? And, and that's kind of you know, the first thing you, that you want to do, chop it in half and have a look. And yes, it's kind of, you want, ivy berries are everywhere in the UK at the moment. So you want that to be slow berry, but it's just not, you know, just, just be real about it. Just like, don't kid yourself. Make sure you know what you're doing. To know what you're doing, you use online resources. There's a lot of foragers out there. Check out the Foragers Association website. Look at the directory. Look at the links from there. There's some brilliant foragers out there. Look at their literature because that's pretty solid. Look at the books that are out there. They're pretty solid. Don't rely on web forums and things like that because that that could be, you know, like anyone. Anyone. And that could just be someone, a psychopath, who (laughs) wants to tell you that a poisonous plant is edible. Like... I'm sure that doesn't happen. I've never come across that, but you never know. So just make sure that you can trust your resources when you ID something. Uh, the foraging community, is there, like, do you have separate identities? Like you have like a botanist forager or like the mushroom foragers or the seashore foragers. And is it something that you guys, as a, 
professionals as such can pass this knowledge on to each other we do share a lot of knowledge and we do we meet up and we do you do sort of um one of one of my contemporaries said that he thinks that we're slowly becoming this kind of entity that all do the same thing but i don't think that's true i think there are some people that i think look for someone in your area because then you know that they're going to be talking about the plants that you know as well so that's probably the best place to start so there's no point someone who lives in um, south end on sea looking at all the plants in scotland there's no point someone who lives in portland oregon looking at someone who lives in um i don't know even new york state they're probably similar plants but there's going to be or texas is probably a better one so you know going like right across the country there's no point give some more examples like that but there'd be no point for cactuses in texas <laughs> yeah exactly well, i was in croatia the other day and i was foraging for um prickly pear cactuses um, and what else was exotic? Something, something else that was oh, and pomegranates. Can you see any of those? <laughs> There's no point me passing that knowledge on to to someone who's a beginner forager. If a Croatian came up to me, what should I look for? Well, pomegranates and prickly pears would be your start. But you know, there's no point me giving that advice to you here. Do you even know what pomegranate? tree <laughs> I have a clue. Yeah. 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 exactly exactly so so where, where does it extend with your knowledge of are you comfortable picking like varieties of mushrooms or is that something you steer clear of uh, I say a lot so I don't totally st- I, I steer clear of teaching it at the moment right. although I'm learning more year on year um, but I don't feel comfortable in teaching mushrooms I pick some for myself sometimes when I see them I don't, I don't, this time of year, like, my Twitter feed just goes mental for pictures of mushrooms with all my mates just going out foraging all the time for mushrooms. I'm not part of that, although I'm on the fringes of it. I, I do pick some mushrooms, but not all the time, yeah, so that, that's a limit of my knowledge. Like seaweeds, I'm starting to know more seaweeds. My, my knowledge, I guess, is how to use plants in an urban environment mainly, although that's changing because, you know, after doing this 10, 15 years, I'm the geek that goes on holiday with a plant book <laughs> and we'll, we'll learn stuff while I'm on holiday so you know it depends where EasyJet fly to from Bristol <laughs> I'm getting quite good at that <laughs> well, saying that about Bristol we are in the city is it do you find this do you, have you ever been in danger of foraging in a city yeah um, good question actually I suppose we've covered dogs haven't we there was somewhere where I used to forage from all the time and that I found out was a site of heavy industry and I remember like it's by a river and I remember just seeing the river having oil spots coming out I phoned the environment agency and I said this is I've seen this I've seen this pollution in the river what is it and he said well that's an industrial site and that might be an old barrel that's burst that might be a tin of paint that's down there but it will disperse and I'm thinking I'm picking from that shore I'm going to stop picking from that shore so it goes back again I think I've already said a few times but know your area so know where the heavy industry used to be try and avoid that Um, a mate of mine who extensively picks in London um, talks about the London parks and says well they're they're great because you know that heavy industry hasn't existed on there but the fringes of those parts can be a bit troublesome because you've got heavy traffic so make sure you pick from the inside of those parks so it's, it's working with what you've got 
and picking within that area. We're there. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to finish if you're the work experience guy. <laughs> nice one, Dave. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Quite right. Thank you. <laughs> so I've been Andy Hamilton. Thanks again for listening to the Wild Food and Drink podcast. Again, if you want to find any more information about foraging or look for courses or anything like that, check out theotherandyhamilton.com. That's my website. You can also check out the Foragers Association. Just type in Association of Foragers into Google and we'll, we'll pop up. And there's a directory there full of foragers from around the world now. So just check those out if you want to find a forager in your area. And as ever, thanks for listening. Do all that subscribe stuff if you want to. Cheers. <laughs>